welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. This is your hostess with the mostest, Coach Callie Tammy out here in beautiful San Diego, California. How are you guys doing today? This is my usual recording night, Sunday evening. It is December 16th and I am super excited to be here with you guys today. As we've been talking over the last couple of weeks, forgiveness has been the topic of the day. And I have said in several of the other podcasts that I was going to make this its own podcast. Well, today is that day. (laughs) Today, we are talking about the art of forgiveness. I want to give you guys some really good tips and tools and some explanations of why forgiveness is so important, number one. And number two, that it is an art. It does take practice. It does take focus. And it does require some faith. It also will be the most freeing thing that you will ever do in your life. Hands down. It will free you. It'll free your relationships. It'll free your family. It will just open up a whole new world that you are unaware that even exists right now. Especially if you're one of my listeners that tends to be more on the negative side. And I've talked about this in my previous podcast too, that You know, we have 60,000 plus thoughts that run across our mind every single day. And if you've done no kind of personal development and and you know who you are. So like there's no need for me to just say, oh, well, it might be you and it might not be you. You know if your tendency is negativity or your tendency is positivity. Like do a self-awareness checkup, man. Like be honest with yourself. Yeah, you know what? I'm a negative Nelly. Like more times than not, I go to the negative side of the street than I do the positive side of the street. Okay. It's an awareness. It's not to beat you up. It's not to say that there's anything wrong with you or that you're a bad person or anything like that. It's just saying that, you know, you've been traveling on that road for a while and you haven't found the positive exits to get off on to make your life that much better. So now that you're aware, now that you've put that little check in that box, It's totally up to you or not to decide whether or not you want to stay on that side of the fence or you want to come over to the light side, (laughs) you know, like I've been on that dark side, man. I've been on the dark side where it was so negative in my head and in my world and everything that I had created of my own doing, my own conscious choices took me down that road. It's not anybody else's fault for where I was, but mine. So like, I want to preface all of this by that. I'm not blaming anybody for me being in in the darkest days that I was in or blaming anybody for the depression that I was in, but me. Yes. Did bad things happen to me? Absolutely. Did people take advantage of me? Absolutely. I was two and a half, three years old when I was sexually abused by my parents, both my mother and my father. Did I have any control over that? Absolutely not. What I did have control over is when it came back to my memory and I found out that it was a truth, it was my decision and my choice what to do with that information and how I let it affect me, period, point blank. It was my decision as to whether I stayed negative or I went positive, whether I forgave or not. And not making a decision is making a decision. I'm I'm getting in this like real early in this podcast, so y'all better strap up. It's going to be a good one. With forgiveness, I said, it's an art and it's a decision. Forgiveness is not an emotion, guys. And everybody says forgiveness is so hard. Forgiveness is not hard. The decision to forgive is hard. I'm going to repeat that because I want you to get it, okay? 
Forgiveness, number one, is not an emotion. Forgiveness is a decision. Number two, forgiveness is not hard. It's the decision to forgive that is hard for most people. You want to know why forgiveness is such a hard decision for people to make? Because they have this belief, and a belief is just a thought that you keep thinking, a belief that you are letting the other person off the hook when you forgive them, which is the furthest from the truth. That is what I would like to affectionately call a rule, a bullshit rule that everybody has told you is the truth and it's not. But they threw so many buckets of water on that truth, on those seeds, that it, it became this big ass tree and took root and now that's what you believe. So now we have to work together as a team and we have to cut down those branches, cut down that tree, dig up those roots, and fill it in with some positive seeds and throw buckets of water on it to change those beliefs. Is it possible? Absolutely. Is it going to be easy? <laughs> Probably not. I would venture to guess absolutely not. I can, I can tell you from my own personal experience, was it easy for me? Hell no. Especially not in the beginning. You know, if you go back and you listen to my, uh, my podcast, The F Words You Need for Your Personal Growth, I point blank saying that it took me two years to even start the forgiveness process with my mom, two years to even start the process. So like I, like I said, I'm not sitting here telling you that you're a bad person because you haven't forgiven people that have hurt you. I'm telling you that having an awareness that you haven't done it and you know that it's something and you're ready to make that decision. You know what? I've been holding on to this. They've moved on with their life. And that's something that's pissing you off more is you're sitting here looking at their life. They've gone on. They ain't thought nothing else about what it was that upset you or what they did to you or this, that, and the other. You're sitting here all pissed off, hurting and uh, blaming them and doing this and doing that. And whose life is it? They've gone on with their life. Who is it hurting? It's not hurting them. Holding on to unforgiveness. And I said this in the last podcast, holding on to unforgiveness is like holding a piece of hot coal and expecting the other person to burn or drinking a bottle of poison and watching the other person hoping they're going to die. How's that working out for you? I mean, seriously, I want you guys to have the most amazing life ever. I want you to be able to create the most amazing life ever. The only way to create a life it is that you want that has all these positive things where you're manifesting everything it is that you want at the rate of speed that you want to manifest it at is to learn to forgive and let go of hurts and blaming other people and taking responsibility for your life. So forgiveness is a decision. And like I said in the previous podcast, and, I, and this is this whole first part is probably more of a recap than it is digging into a whole lot of stuff. But when you forgive someone or you have a list of people to forgive, don't start with the hardest person because it's not going to happen. All it's going to do is make you angrier and angrier and angrier. There are some advanced forgiveness techniques that you can do to help ease this process along. And I'll share a few of those with you today. But I want you to really think about why is it that you feel the need to hold on to that unforgiveness? If you think about it, however long it's been, it's made you feel sad, angry, hurt, betrayal. Unforgiveness also leads to discouragement. Blaming also leads to frustration, anger, bitterness, makes you feel unworthy, might even make you feel worthless. 
probably have some shame in there built in, a lot of shock. Your pride is involved when it comes to, to unforgiveness. Those are all emotions that are trapped inside your body that is manifesting more situations, circumstances, and things for you to feel those emotions with over and over and over and over and over and over. This could take a minute. And over 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 again. Sorry, not sorry. Kidding, not kidding. Have you noticed that you keep getting the same type of relationships over and over and over again? It's just the names have changed. Faces are different. But the, the people that hurt you previously and the things that they did, the new people that are in your life are doing similar things. May not be that exact same thing because you learned your lesson from the previous one and said that's not okay, but you didn't heal and you didn't forgive. And now you've got the next person. You changed one thing, but there's a whole host of other things that the other one did that's still there because you didn't forgive. And you didn't forgive yourself. That's going to be the biggest one is forgiving yourself for allowing it in the first place. I said, it took me two years to start the forgiveness process with my mom. And I had to see the words written in the Bible. to say, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. <laughs> I don't remember exactly how the scripture is written, but I, I think Jesus, somebody asked Jesus, if your brother offends you, how many times you should forgive him? And I, the, the parable goes something like, if he, if he did something a hundred times, you forgive him a hundred times. If, he forget, if he's done something 700 times, you forgive him 700 times. You should always, it doesn't matter how many times it is, you always forgive. It's like turning the other cheek, so to speak. The other thing that people have a misconception about forgiveness is that they believe if you decide that you want to forgive somebody, that you have to go to them and say, I forgive you. No, no, you don't. Can you? Yes. Should you? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Depends on the situation. But is it a necessity? Absolutely not. The only person you have to forgive them to is yourself. And your higher power. And really your higher power, it, whether you say it to him or not, it doesn't matter. Because when you do it in your heart, he already knows. But saying it out loud to yourself is going to be key for doing that. Once I saw it written in the Bible, and now I did call my mom. Now I was not nice and I do not recommend this to anybody. I really don't. But this just goes to the emotional state that I was in. I was, I can guarantee you, looking back at my life now, looking back at those situations, looking back at all those things that I went through, I can guarantee you I was, I was already deep into my depression and had no idea that that's what it was. I had no clue that it was, that it was depression, but I was pretty much depressed my whole life and, and didn't know what it was. I just thought it was normal to feel that way because I had not felt any other way. That's just a hundred percent honest. So even after I found out that, yes, I needed to forgive my mom, I was also told that I do, number one, I do not have to let her back in my life. There's nothing anywhere that says that person has to be a part of your life or a part of your future at all. There's nothing that says that you have to go to them and say, I forgive you. There is nothing saying that it's letting them off the hook anywhere. Forgiveness is about letting you off the hook because you're the one that's hurting. So I called my mom it, in my time frame. From when I had that conversation with pastor of my church, who at the time was my husband's brother-in-law. From the time we had that conversation to the time I actually called my mom and had that conversation with her, I would be lying if I told you how long it took. 
I, my whole, I wasn't journaling back then. So I don't have a specific, a specific time frame. But I know that my son was three when I confronted my mom and I divorced their dad right after he turned six. So it was in that whole time frame right there, that three years, the acknowledgement that it happened, me not speaking to her, me telling her that I forgave her. It was in that, that three year period. Did I eventually let my mom back in my life? Absolutely. Was it a necessity? Absolutely not. Could it have went the other way? Absolutely. Would I have felt good about it? Probably not. At that point in time, I, I don't know in the mindset that I was in and all the pain and the hurt that I was feeling at that in that time period. In all of my relationships, there was a lot of hurt and, and pain and, and discouragement. So I don't think that not having my mom in my life was good, better, and different. She had caused a lot of hurt and pain my entire life up to that point. But I also didn't have any strong women in my life as a support system. I mean, like, I really was not a fan of women at all at that point in my life because, I mean, hey, if your own mom can do that to you, what's another woman going to do to you? That was a very real thought in my head. It was more subconscious and it wasn't a realization until shh, I was in my 40s before I realized why I had always had such a hard time having females as friends. But now I have some of the best female friends on the face of the planet. Like I have very strong women who are faith-based, beautiful, encouraging, not afraid to check me when I need to be checked, loving, supportive, and protective of me every day of my life. I could call, I have three very best friends in the whole wide world. Three, three best female friends. Uh, probably four. First one, Michelle Killen lives in Birmingham, Alabama. Met her when my son was three years old, and we've been best friends ever since. Met her doing my nails. We have never had an argument or a crossword since the day we met. We've been able to tell each other hard truths when we needed to tell each other hard truths, and neither one of us were offended by it. We knew it was something that we needed to hear. But on those days where we needed to cry and yell and scream, we were a support in the wind beneath the wings of the other one when they needed it. We've always accepted each other for who we were. There was never any blame. There was never any ugly words. There was never any shame. There was never any anger or anything of any kind. And like that was the first female friendship that I had as an adult where I explicitly was able to trust her without ever giving it a second thought, without any doubt. It was total and unconditional love and trust. First woman in my life to ever be able to give that to and accept it from even. The next one was Teresa. You guys have heard me mention her several times on here as well. Uh, she lives up in Minnesota now, and I met her when I was in the darkest part of my depression, when I was a dancer. Like, I didn't hear my birth given name for two years because I was not going to let you attach that life to me. I kept my head down at the club. I danced. I did what I had to do to make money. I drank to be numb just to be able to function because I hated what it was that I was doing. I hated who I had become, and I would do cocaine to wake up, to, to sober up enough to be able to get home. That was my life. That's what I did. And it sucked. 
but I wouldn't like, even if I was not at the club, you got my dance name because I did not want you to associate with me at all anything that was in that town because that was the only reason I was in that town was to dance. And I was not gonna let that become who I was. So when I left that town and I became a personal trainer, dad became a personal trainer, I walked away from that life, all the drugs and the alcohol, all the money that you make as a dancer. I walked away from all of it, not knowing whether or not I can make it as a personal trainer, but I, I walked away. Teresa was in there. She was in a bad relationship. And at the time, I didn't know that he was abusive to her. I didn't know that he was beating her. I didn't know that he hated me. I just knew that we could never hang out. It, I think subconsciously I knew he didn't like me, but I don't, I didn't realize to the extent of what that was until later. But, and I wrote about this in my book. If you haven't heard me talk about my book before, it's called Dear Victim. It's time for us to break up now. Super excited about it coming out in 2019. But there's a part in there where I wrote, you know, you're, you're having these dark days and you're just keeping your head down and you can see some light, just a little sliver of light way over there. You got your head down and you look up occasionally just to make sure that it's there. You're not trying to get to know anybody. You're not trying to be friends with anybody. You're just picking one foot up, putting it in front of the other each and every day, telling yourself that someday, somehow, some way, you're going to figure out how to pass that test. And when you do, you're going to leave this whole entire dark life behind you. And one day I was walking through the club and I felt somebody reach out and grab my soul. And I heard them say, you're not leaving here without me. If you're going to that light, you're taking me with you. I didn't know how to get myself to that light. How the hell was I going to find somebody else, help somebody else get to that light too? But in the depths of my soul, I knew I couldn't leave her there. I knew I couldn't let go of her holding on to me because I felt the desperation in her heart that she wanted to be let out to. Maybe that was the plan. Maybe me focusing on helping somebody else helped me to stop focusing on how terrible I had created my life. And then it's been, I met her in 2010. It's almost 2019. We're pushing nine years now. Like, wow, it's amazing to me. <laughs> I sent her message of the day. I was like, you know, we're, we're coming up on, on nine years, man. Like it just does. It seems like I've known her forever, but like to put a number on it is, is amazing. But she's another woman, man. Like even in the place that we met where our job was to hustle, our job was to lie. Our job was to take people's money. We trusted each other. I think I gave her my trust a little quicker than she gave. If you were to talk to her, she would probably agree with this, but I think I gave her my trust way easier than she gave me hers. I remember one night specifically because I like I had met her her dude like one time, maybe twice. And he said, I was doing so many drugs and so much drugs and alcohol. I didn't remember what he looked like. I didn't care. Because at the end of the day, I knew that that was her dude. And he like, it didn't matter to me. He couldn't talk to me. He couldn't step to me. Like I was so closed off where he was concerned. There was nothing. Thing that he could have said or done that would have made me entertain any idea where he's concerned. And so, you know, I had walked up to him and I said something to him, you know, see somebody, I'll talk to all of them, you know, because like I said, that's our job. Talk to people, get them to buy us some drinks, get them to get a lap dance and get as much money out of them pockets as we can get and then go home and come back the next day and you do the same thing. So he was dressed clean. He was always dressed clean. He dressed like money. I didn't recognize him. So I started talking to him and he was like, you don't remember me? It's like, well, you look kind of familiar, but not placing you. He's like, I'm Teresa's dude. 
I was like, oh, okay, well, enjoy the rest of your night. She should be out in a minute. I walked off. That was the end of it. But, like, she saw me talking to him, and she was kind of curious, like, hey, like, why was you talking to him? And I was like, I didn't recognize him. I was like, but as soon as he told me that he was your dude, I turned around and walked off. And she was like, oh, okay. That's not what he said. And I was like, well, I'm telling you, I ain't got no interest in your dude, man. Like, you're my friend. There's nothing that he could say or do that would make me entertain that idea. So once she, she realized that, there was nothing coming in between me and her. And we've been the best of friends since. We've had some hard times where, where we've had to, you know, buck it up. But you couldn't separate us, separate us as friends now for nothing. And then I got my, my best friend, Tanya, in Atlanta. I met her at church. Man, she's prayed over me, for me, with me, through me, around me. She came and picked me up when I totaled my car, took care of me when I had a concussion to make sure I was at home. Like, these are strong-ass women that are in my life, man. And I would have never in a million years thought that I would have one woman in my life that I could trust, much less three and then I got my girl, Kim Isabel, that I graduated high school with. We weren't really that close in high school. But like over the last six, eight years, we've become the best of friends. And I wouldn't trade her for nothing in the world. She's awesome. And I love her. And I know she's listening to this podcast. So, hey, Kim. <laughs> but I got all of that because of the trust issues that I had with my mom. And when I was able to forgive her, it allowed me to open up to the possibility that other women could love me, that other women were trustworthy, that other women would protect me, that other women would lock arms with me and we could do amazing things together. So when I tell you unforgiveness is an essential part of your life and that it can open up doors that you can't even imagine right now because you've been in a place of unforgiveness so long, it's like, how does that work? So I wanted to give you some real tangible examples of what happened because I was able to forgive my mom. And I said I wanted to give you guys some, some steps and some tools to help you take that next step. So one of the easiest ways, one of the first steps, I believe, is probably is going to be easier than, than most of the other ways. But it's definitely a first step. Uh, and that's why I'm going to bring it up first is to write it down. Again, I'm going to. I want you to know to start with the easiest people in your life and then work your way up to the hardest ones. Start with the easiest. The easiest person can be your barista at Starbucks or badass coffee or who, whatever your favorite coffee joint is. She messed up your order. She started your day off bad. Whatever that looks like. You know what? Do you know how many people she's got to deal with every day? And you don't know what she's dealing with outside of there. It was never an intention for her to mess up your coffee in the first place, but you got offended and she's moved on to the next one. She ain't thought two seconds about you since you walked out of that coffee shop. You're still holding on to the fact that she messed up your coffee and so the rest of your day has been shitty because of it. Give her a little bit of grace, man. So this is what I want you to do. So I want you to get you a pen and paper out of a notebook, a notebook that you can tear the paper out of, not a journal that's going to like mess up your journal if you tear it out. So just a regular notebook, three ring binder, spiral notebook, whatever that looks like, yellow pad. And so I want you to write up at the top of it, forgiveness list. This is where we're going to start. <laughs> I want you to start with the easiest people that's on there first. Like I said, if it's the barista, if it's the waiter that messed up your lunch, the guy that cuts you off in traffic, 
your sister back when you were 10 wore your shoes and she messed them up out at the playground and you weren't able to wear them again. You were 10. Get over it. So start writing down a list from easiest to hardest. Just take a few minutes and do that. You don't have to write down everybody today, but like just for just for this exercise sake, let's say write down five. Five people. Go ahead. Write them down. Like I said, it could be your barista, could be a waiter, could be the guy that cuts you off in traffic, could be a co-worker that plays his music a little too loud. Maybe they cook fish in the microwave and it melts up the whole break room at lunch every day. <laughs> Maybe it was the person in the bathroom stall that blew up the bathroom and you had to go in there and you almost choked. <laughs> okay. All right. So you should have your five people. Now, on a separate piece of paper, the very first person, I want you to write their name up at the top of that piece of paper, and I want you to write down everything it was that they did to piss you off, everything it was that they did to hurt you or offend you in some way that you're still holding on to. I want you to put two minutes on your timer on your phone, and that's all you have, two minutes to write down any and all offenses, and that's it, two minutes, max period. Now, if you can't go two minutes, great. That means it's not that big a deal. So, and we're not going to do the two minutes on here just for time's sake, but two minutes. And you're going to do that with each one of those five people. Then draw a line up underneath that. The next thing you're going to set two minutes max. I want you to look at it from their perspective. I want you to step outside yourself and I want you to think about what could have happened that day or in that person's life, in that person's childhood, whatever that looks like for you, that made them act the way that it was that they did. And I keep going back to the barista because that's something simple. Be mad at a barista should never be anything that ruins your day, ever. It's not worth it. In the grand scheme of things, a bad cup of coffee is a bad cup of coffee. It can be replaced right there, right then, if it's messed up and get it done. If you already got to the office, you know what? Go get some out of the break room. You'll be okay. So we'll go back to the barista. What could have happened to make her mess up your coffee and mess up your day? Let's just say she had to open up the store. The store opens up at 5.30. She lives 30 minutes away. So that means she has to leave her house no later than 4.45, just in case there's something wrong with traffic that early in the morning. Hopefully not, but leave in plenty of time to get there. So if she's got to get up at least an hour ahead of time to have her breakfast, Get her own coffee there at the house if that's what she wants. Whatever her morning routine is, give her an hour to do that. Brush your teeth, take a shower. If it's a, you know, if it's a female, it may take longer. I'm somebody that's slow to wake up. It takes, I, I wake up two hours before I have to be at work, sometimes two and a half. I don't like to be rushed. So if I had to be at work at 5.30 in the morning, that means I'm getting up at 3.30. So let's say she gets up at 3.30. Let's say she's got a young kid at home that's been sick. She's had two hours of sleep. She's on her way to work. She gets stuck in traffic. She's 15 minutes late. Her boss yells at her because she's 15 minutes late. You get there at 7.30. Her boss has yelled at her. She's 15 minutes late. She's got a sick baby at home. She hasn't had any sleep. And the first five people are in line because she's been angry, frustrated, and upset. She manifests people that's been angry, frustrated, and upset. They're ordering 15 different things to be done to the coffee. And every one of them is bitching, moaning, groaning, and complaining. Her messing up your coffee had nothing to do with you. Her messing up your coffee was... She was just tired and had enough and she just couldn't function on any kind of competent level at that moment in time. And you were just the icing on the cake. What could you now? 
I want you to do that with all five of those people. Two minutes on the clock for each one of those people. Get done with that, you're gonna draw a line. Next thing I want you to do is I want you to think about what was your part in that situation? What was it that you may have done to incite that happening? There's no party that is unguilty. Eh, that's too strong a term. Depending on what the situation is, could you, let's rephrase that. I want you to write it down. Could you have handled that in a better way to make that situation easier? Could you have just made it a simple latte when you saw the frustration on her face and said, you know what? I know you're having a bad day, but I appreciate you being here so early. I don't know what's going on, but you know, thank you for doing what it is that you do because I know I couldn't do it. I appreciate you. And I'm sorry if I added to that. So how could you have made that situation better after looking at it from their point of view for just a minute, okay? You're gonna do that for all five of those people. And the next thing that I want you to do, draw a line up underneath that one. I want you to write down, take two minutes, no more. I want you to write down what it would look like if that situation had not happened like that and it went perfectly. So in the barista situation, she got to work on time, her baby's perfect and healthy, she got plenty of sleep. Her manager came in in a good mood. Everybody that's been in her line has been super happy and drinks have come out quickly and on time and they were perfect. And she's adding like little designs in the foam on it to make it look all nice and pretty. And she even told you how much she appreciated you coming in and that she notices you coming in every week and she appreciates you. Maybe she notices your earrings and gives you a compliment. Maybe she asks you how your day is going and gives you a little bit of encouragement. Two minutes on the clock. That's it. Now, the next thing I want you to do, which is the final thing, or next to final thing, is I want you to write at the bottom of that paper, two minutes, I forgive you, and the reasons that you forgive them. And I also want you to write on there, I forgive myself for allowing this to upset my entire day and to put my emotions and my feelings pushing them onto somebody else and allowing them to take my power away by allowing them to push their feelings and situations on me. Then when you get, and, and, and it doesn't have to be those exact same words, okay? It's just a little note of forgiveness for them and for you. Whatever words you use is fine in each of these situations, okay? In each one of these steps, whatever words you use is fine. It's totally up to you. What I'm saying is not an exact science as far as words go. It's just words that I've used for myself that have worked. So I want, you know what I mean? I'm just giving you an example of what I did. You can use whatever resonates with you, whatever feels good for you that works for you. Then when you're done, I want you to take that piece of paper out. I want you to fold it up. If you have a fireplace, it's winter time when you've got a fire going or if you got a fire pit outside, I want you to set that bad boy on fire, throw it in the fire pit and say, I'm forgiving this situation and this person and myself and I'm giving it up to you, God's source, higher power, inner being, and I'll never be bothered by this again. It's time for me to heal. Taking a deep breath, let it out, nice and slow. And that's it. You do that for each and every one of those people. And you will be amazed at how freeing and wonderful that truly is. It will be a gift to yourself and others for Christmas. Now, for those of you who want to actually forgive the person in person or call them on the phone, you're going to have to make sure that you're in a, in a good place 
doing this exercise first will help you take that next step. And I said, after doing that, you don't have to. I, like, I want to reiterate that. You do not, do not, do not, do not have to forgive that person personally. You don't have to send them a letter. You don't have to call them on the phone. You don't have to see them in person. You have to do no such thing. If you choose to do this exercise first, then write down what you want to say to them. You know, they may not even know that you were frustrated. So think about this too now. Only you know the situation. What's real for you is real for you. Okay, so it's your perception of what happened. You have to understand that their perception of what happened may be totally different. They, one, may not think that you should have been offended by anything that was that they said or did. That is 100% their right. Are you willing to accept that from them if they say that? Is it worth it that you've already gone through the forgiveness process? Probably not. In the grand scheme of things, saying it to them matters not at all. Now, if this is somebody that you want in your life, say it's a family member, maybe it does have to be a conversation. If they've been angry at you too, like I said, this is something that, that, that may take some time. Maybe it's as simple as writing them a letter. You know, I've had some people in my life when I have been upset and they really hurt me. Like it was uh, specifically, I'm talking about a relationship here that I was in and I was really hurt and offended. I Offended is not even the, the word. I was hurt, like crushed. Like my heart went through a meat grinder. If it's a family member and you really want them in your life, I going through the situation that I went through with a relationship. Um, my heart went through a meat grinder. It got crushed. <laughs> I had to get it out. I was journaling at that time. Journaling was a way for me to get all the negativity out of me. And I really needed to get it out. So I wrote him a letter and I took the word you out of it. There was no accusation of you did this, you did that. Because instantly, as soon as you say you did this, their wall goes up and they hear nothing else that you have to say. You can sit there and you can say, this is the situation that happened between us. This is the way that I remember it happening. This is what I remember being said and or done. This is how that situation, those words or those things made me feel. I felt this way. I was hurt. And this is why I have been angry or hurt or bitter towards you. This is why I haven't been talking to you. I really don't want to feel this way anymore. And I don't even know if you know that this made me feel this way. But in my heart, I feel like I need to forgive you. And so I'm doing this for me. It's not to make you feel bad. It's not to accuse you of anything. It's not to pour fuel on a fire. It is simply just to let it go because I miss you being in my life. You're my sister, you're my brother, my cousin, my mom, my dad, whatever that looks like. And I want us to move forward from here. And I want us to take the steps to heal together. I know that it's, it may not be easy. And I know that it's going to take time. And, we, and I'm willing to take those steps if you are. And you would be surprised at the response that you get from that. That will open up the door to more communication. If they get offended by what you said... <laughs> You have to know that that's a possibility and you have to know that it may or may not make things better. It could be that they totally accept what it was that you said and say, you know what? I had no idea 
that I made you feel that way. I had no idea that what I said hurt you in any way. I was really, I knew that you had not been talking to me. I knew that you didn't want to spend time with me. I knew that you'd been avoiding me and I had no idea what I had done. Thank you for sharing that with me. And I'm sorry. Thank you for forgiving me. I appreciate you. Can we, like, what can I do to make this better? What can we do to make this better? That's a very real scenario too. But I want you to know that there's lots of things that could happen when you do that. And you have to be open and you have to be aware because I don't want you to get blindsided by any of it. That's the biggest thing. I don't want you to get blindsided by any of the results that may happen. So I always recommend when you're doing forgiveness exercises and, and there's a lot more that can be done with the forgiveness. Okay. When I, when I recommend forgiveness exercises, it's more about yourself than it is the other person. What they think about your forgiveness is none of your business. What they think about you being angry, hurt, upset, bitter, whatever, is none of your business. Their opinions of any or all of it is none of your business. This healing 100% is about you, you and only you. They have their own forgiveness and their own healing that they have to do. I know this is a big step for you to do this. I don't know you, but I want to tell you now that I'm proud of you for even considering it because I know how difficult just making the decision to forgive somebody that hurts you is. The forgiveness part gets easier. I know there's going to be some tears. When you get to those bigger offenses, those bigger things that have really been burdening you for a while, that's those are going to be the ones that's going to bring tears. Let the tears come. Don't stuff them down. Get you a box of tissue. Cry it out. Blow your nose. Take a big breath. Cry it out. And then breathe. Get your favorite, favorite beverage of choice. Get you a glass of wine. Pour you a margarita. Get you a cup of coffee. Bottle of water with some lemon in it. <laughs> Whatever that looks like. And I'm not necessarily promoting drinking. Do you know what I mean? I don't want you to think that that's what it is, but I love me a glass of wine, especially when I'm being reflective and I'm trying to heal. It's just soothing to me. It's not anything that I need to have. I drink water. I've got a cup of hot tea sitting right here with me now, but it's definitely, I enjoy a good glass of wine, especially when I'm doing the reflecting. It's relaxing and it just soothes me. So whatever that is for you, say you a prayer, get you some meditation and just let it go, man. I also want to add in here that you may have to go through this exercise more than one time for the more difficult people that you have to forgive. Sometimes our subconscious has had so much water dumped on those seeds of unforgiveness that that tree is rooted in really deep. Your subconscious does not know the difference between a truth and a lie. Your subconscious only knows what you tell it. If you tell it this person is unforgivable, that's what it believes. If you tell it that this, that you hate this person, that's what it believes. If you tell it there's no way that you can forgive this person, then that's what it believes. You have to change the way that you think in order to change those beliefs. And it may take some time. You know, I, I do several other techniques with my clients. I use emotion code uh, to help my family and friends with a lot of this stuff. It has been a lifesaver for me and it's just a really great tool. Uh, you can look it up on YouTube, Dr. Bradley Nelson, Emotion Code audiobook. It's about seven hours long. Uh, I listened to it in about 36 hours and started putting it to use immediately. It was very much 
a very much a great tool for me to add to my toolbox. And the way that he explains it in that audio book is uh, phenomenal and it will greatly help you too. I appreciate you guys and I know this is a really deep subject. I know that it could trigger a lot of things and it may take some time. So I would love to hear your comments. Leave me a voice message. If you're on the Anchor app, leave me a voice message. I would love to hear what you have to say. Feel free to leave comments if you're on any of the other major podcasts. I will get an email uh, with those comments in them. You can also reach out to me on my Facebook page and send me a message and I will help you in any way that I can get through this forgiveness exercise. There's more tricks and tools that we can use as well. We'll definitely go over those at another time as well. I hope you guys found some value in this. I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. As always, know that I appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart showing up and showing out every week to listen to my podcast. I'm just so humbled that you take the time to listen to me sit here and talk, man. I do the very best that I can to give you great content and to help you awaken your life. As always, have an amazing week. Make sure that you hit the like button. Make sure that you hit subscribe. You know that subscription is our life's blood in the podcast world. Thank you again so much. I appreciate you and I will see you guys soon. Bye-bye now. Mwah.